We move on to our first tag match, and I think nope. only to what? No, next is Matty Runkowski versus Red Velvet. Oh, they got it out of order here. Oh wait, shit, mine might be out of order though. <laughs> no, because yeah, it's the tag match next. Hold on, let me check the pictures because the pictures are in order. Now, I'm looking at the show right here. So am I. No, the stream. Oh, okay, cool. Dipshit. Yep, no. Sorry, my bad. I'm sorry that they put this in the wrong order. Welcome back to another episode of Face for Wrestling Video Podcast. As always, I'm Waldo. And I'm the Matt. And Dr. My Wife is not here today. How's it going, Matt? It's going good. How are you doing? Not too bad. It feels so long since we last recorded, doesn't it? I know. It's been weird because I don't watch wrestling except for the episodes that we're doing so that I can stay fresh. So it's been like two months since I got to watch wrestling. It's a weird two months, man. Yes. After taking a short break, uh, editing and all this other great stuff with the Q&A episode, we're back to frantically putting this episode together in time for the ninth. Hopefully. We like to push boundaries. Our own boundaries. I have here in my notes, it's the last week of September as we're recording this. It's the actually the day. 30th. <laughs> the last day of September. It's cool. You don't need sleep for the next nine days. And while this may seem a bit out of place for us, we actually had to force ourselves not to record early. And you may be asking yourselves why. I'm asking why. It's because we actually had a little side review to bring you. Some of you on the Twatter, at Face for Wrestling, saw that Matt was able to attend the first full show for Mission Pro Wrestling in Buda, Texas back on the 18th. And while I couldn't be there in person, I did catch a stream the next day and saw Matt sitting in front row taking pictures with his potato. Yeah, two potatoes at that. I swapped back and forth between a professional camera and my phone, and weirdly the phone worked better. We'll start off by saying it was a very awesome show. And since Matt was there in person, he's going to be giving us a little mini-review on this episode of what went down. But before he begins, I want to remind our viewers slash listeners that we have an unspoken policy on this podcast to not travel too far into the future. This is mostly so we don't spoil anything from the promotions themselves. So, in an effort to kind of meet in the middle on this, I'll use the pictures that Matt took and some Nitro stills from the event itself. Since we aren't using video, we'll keep this part of the episode short, and while we're doing this, it'll let me figure out if I need to make this a two-part episode or not. Yeah, and on top of that, we're not going to go into a full-on review like we normally do with the play-by-play and everything. We're just going to kind of give some ups and downs from the different... Uh, matches and the different things we saw me in person him watching it online obviously they don't need to take our tips but just some what we positives and negatives that we saw before we actually get into the show i'd like for matt to tell me about how he got down there well i rented a car because my car is still dead was it Uh, a car matt 
it was a van, a minivan. And on top of this, I was given a mission to have one of the wrestlers sign a knife. So I drove a minivan with a Bowie knife beside me. Just praying not to get pulled over. And if you watched our Q&A episode, Matt doesn't look creepy at all, folks. No, no, not me. The only thing he was missing was candy to pass out. Candy and a a body bag or trash bags in the back. So Matt, kick us off. What happened? Uh, So I arrived at the event right on time because, you know, I don't like to do anything early. Got checked in. Uh, We had VIP tickets, so I got to go straight in, which was great. We posted, I think I posted on Twitter. I know I posted on the Facebooks and the Instagram, uh, like the only photo I'll probably ever post on Instagram. We had a nice little swag bag with a signed poster, a hat, and a sticker. Uh, They were doing, since, you know, the whole COVID distancing and all that stuff, the meet and greet consisted of fans standing next to the ring with the talent in the ring so you could get a picture with all the talent. I was a little late for that, so I didn't get to do that part. We then, uh, they went out to the merch booths, uh, to their merch booths. They all had their little area set up, and we just kind of waited for what we were informed was now going to have a pre-show. Didn't know this going into it, so we got a bonus match that I didn't even know was going to happen. So we had Holiday, and forgive me, I didn't catch her last name. I couldn't really hear it over the mic. Jasmine. It was a quick opener. For a dark match, I want to say they were out there maybe six, seven minutes, if that. Yeah, it was very long. It was good. It got the crowd going. Uh, Holiday had a great showing when she came out. She definitely got everybody wound up for the show. Yeah, real mad props to Holiday. Uh, me and you have been a fan of her for a while, but seeing her in person and just the charisma, she has that it factor that everybody always talks about. She was able to get the crowd hating her even though like she was probably the biggest one she no not probably she was the biggest one in the match so it was really cool to see her in person and how she works and like you said it was a nice little fun opener right after that match was done i want to say it was three minutes and she was already at the announce table for me yeah she got changed because she was in the full gear like because she was running around in her announce gear first and then they announced the um the dark match and she was quickly in ring gear, ready to wrestle, and then quickly back into announcer gear and ready to call. Kudos to her. She did have on some pretty loud pants, but it was the shirt that I was happy with the most. Yeah, I was a fan of the the Hana Kimura shirt. And I don't think we mentioned it, but she won. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought we were avoiding spoilers. But yes, she did win. Um, I, I'll give away the dark match. So. That's both girls look great, and it, we'll end up spoiling most of these matches, not because we have to, but just because it's the review process. But yeah, it was it was a decent little opener. Both girls look good. Kudos to Holiday. So right after that match, uh, I, I guess maybe just a little bit of time to kill for Holiday to go change in a telephone booth or something. They had Thunder Rosa come out with a beautiful painting. Yeah, they were auctioning off this painting that somebody in the crowd did. I didn't quite catch what they were from but they were doing a raffle um i did buy a ticket i did not win said painting but they had this awesome painting up for raffle so then we had the booker um robin reed come out and she had a beautiful brand new title with there announcing that at the next show there was going to be a tournament to crown the first ever mission pro wrestling champion which was pretty awesome and again unexpected at this time we had our first kind of hiccup of the night as Thunder Rosa talked a bit of smack to Lindsay Snow, her opponent for the evening, 
and the music didn't quite queue up when it was supposed to. And Lindsay Snow was calling for them to cut the music, but they never really cut the music. They like said not a not a bad like oh my god problem, but just a little bit of a hiccup. And for a first show, you know, to be expected, but nothing bad. Um, and we got a little bit of smack talk between the two, furthering their feud for the evening. I want to say it was about this time that Holiday was back out to the or well to the announce booth to begin with. Mm-hmm. And this is where the one problem for the show that I had, the really only problem I had all night. They had two microphones there, but it only sounded like one of them worked. Okay. So yeah, I, I have no no wording on those because I didn't see I haven't seen the stream, so that'll be all you. But I think somebody told Holiday like halfway through the show because she started talking louder. Mm-hmm. And I could pick her up on the main mic, but the one that was sitting right smack dab in front of her, it, it was like it was picking up nothing at all. Uh, that's not too bad. I, I'd compare it like, you know, we we saw NWA when they had their first big show before they even got back up going again. There were some audio issues and they immediately fixed them by the next show. So, you know, it, it happens. Yeah. And if that's the only issue that we had the entire show, technically, yeah, we're good. Standpoint, yeah. So promos are out of the way, and we move on to our next match, which is Alex Gracia versus Avery Taylor. I was a fan of this one, Avery Taylor. I think they called her, like, the queen of rock and roll, or it was something along those lines. She had a good look to her, good energy. She worked the crowd. They hated her. Alex Gracia was so freaking over with this crowd. Like, I shit you not, the guy sitting next to me, like, a late teenage dude— Completely dressed in pink with his hair dyed pink, cheering on Alex Gracie. Like, they knew who she was. They were there for her. It was kind of crazy, but, like, in a good way. Like, the the crowd was filling this match. I'm going to have to see if I can get a picture of that guy. <laughs> I just said he was sitting right beside me, and, like, he was definitely, I would assume, Alex Gracie's number one fan. A little bit weird, uh, I assumed, because of this, Alex was going to win, but Avery was able to pull off the victory and a fun opening match, but no complaints on my part. And like I said, Avery Taylor, as a heel, came off as a star. A great, great opener for the actual main part of the show. They had the fans eating out of the palm of their hands, and then they got them right at the last minute. Mm. I will say this, uh, kind of to compliment the first match as well. Alex Gracia, I think the first time we ever saw her was we stumbled upon her by accident. No ill will there, but when we were kind of browsing through the old stardom catalog, Mm -hmm. she's definitely come a long way since we saw her in stardom. Oh, yeah. I I, I would say she's still, for me, a little green in the ring, but her crowd work and her, like I said, this crowd, she could have just came out there and done nothing and they still would have cheered her on, like kudos to her on character and kudos to her on that aspect also props out to her she just had her not television but big company debut on aw dark this week Ooh, Damn. and just as a bonus gig them <laughs> <laughs> next match coming up is our only tag match of the night kill a kate promise braxton versus Jenna Lynn and Vert Vixen. This was the first match where I knew none of the competitors at all. Um, I'd never really heard of any of them going into this. Mad props to Promise Braxton. I thoroughly enjoyed her Buddhist third eye 
character. I'm not 100% sure what you would call it. But she actually came out to the ring and was... Um, she had, like, the incense or sage, whatever, you know, burning to, to keep the fans away from her and stuff. Really good work. I was going to ask, because when I saw her come out, I, I thought to myself, that's got to stink. Oh, it did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> but it was, like, so cool, because, like I said, it fit the whole... I, I want to see more of this character. Like, I'm, I'm interested in... Like, she can go bigger with it. Like, I, I would be interested to see her go bigger with it. There was not really a lot of character to kill a Kate. My 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 critique on that would be, you know, give me something. Jenna Lynn was a karate kid, and Vert Vixen, who's apparently real big into, like, cosplay and stuff, just kind of went along with that and, like, played up that really well. Jenna Lynn and Vert Vixen were, again, way over with the crowd. They loved them. Jenna, I think, is from, like, the Houston area, or at least trained down at Booker T's Reality of Wrestling down in Houston. Hulk Hogan! So so, yeah, <laughs> so that probably helped with a little bit of the crowd, you know, because you got a somewhat local talent. So that was pretty good. The match itself was all right. Like, again, no complaints. I like the story they were telling with the Hills of, you know, they, they kind of played it up as far as I could see, like that there was uh, animosity between the two. They kept blaming each other for when they would when they would be in the deficit. So there was a nice little possible feud already being built. I weirdly, I missed the ending of this one. I was taking a picture. I think Promise was on the floor or Killicate was one of the two. And I was trying to get a picture of it and the, the finish just kind of happened in the ring. So I missed the finish. It kind of felt like that watching on the stream as well, too. The match was going, going, done. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Another weird booking where the, like, the, the crowd favorites did not go over. And the crowd reacted pretty well to that. Mm. At least I, I, I thought from the stream. Yeah, no, there was a really good crowd that were eating it up. My my first instinct, because like I said, this is two matches in a row to where I'm like, huh, why aren't they doing this? And I was like, you know, they have a tournament coming up at the next show. They're building underdogs. They're building evil hills. That's really great for the tournament. So actually really good booking on their part. I, it was at this point, I just want to point out that the show started off, I want to say about what, five or six, somewhere around there? Um, Seven. I, regardless, it was bright as shit outside when they first started, when Holodead came out. Yeah. By the end of this match, it was damn near dark. Is Yeah, and it took them a second to get the lights situated. Yeah. But once they did, it actually came up pretty good on the stream. I was really yeah. impressed. Our next singles match is Matty Renkowski versus Red Velvet. This was another one. I had heard of Red Velvet because she had appeared on AEW Dark, like I think right before this happened. Never heard of Maddie Rinkowski, Maddie Rinkowski before. Kudos to Red Velvet. She was a great heel. She worked the crowd from the get-go coming out. She had this cool little thing to where, um, and I, there's a picture of this, so you can post a picture on this, or end a video, where she had uh, Maddie in the corner at one point, and she's like choking her with her foot, and she's doing this whole like stirring the pot type thing. Really flexible, really athletic. Again, Maddie, I didn't really catch the gimmick, so you know maybe up the gimmick a little bit. But the two of them worked really well together, and I thought it was a really good match. And again, didn't see the ending coming. Ditto. I'm, and I'm pretty sure as that match ended, I think this is where we had the intermission, where, you know, all the ladies worked their booths, sold their merch. You got a chance to go around and um, meet people. I met Holodead. She was surprisingly pleasant. She signed a knife for us. Splicey, splicey. Um, she didn't sign the actual knife because I didn't want to be walking around a family arcade with the freaking 12 inch blade 
but uh, she was really nice about it. She said she had never been asked to sign a knife before. So, yeah. Which us. is really surprising. Right? I think she's the only person outside of me that likes knives this much. I was say, definitely the only wrestler I think that I would ever ask to sign a knife, besides maybe Heidenreich from the Fed days. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, it was really cool. At this but point, he, too, I'd like to point out, like, dude, Thunder Rosa is working her ass off the entire show. She was making sure to go over and take pictures. She was running back and forth between doing that and taking care of whatever needed to get taken care of um, from a production standpoint. She was making sure that everybody there had the best possible experience that they could. Kudos to this woman. She was busting her ass. So while they were cutting over and doing the intermission on your side, they would swap back over to the announce table with Holiday and Miss Brittany, where they would kind of run down what's left on the card. Uh, they teased the next event. Not too much, though. Uh, they really spent more time building up the wrestlers for the rest of the show and the upcoming matches than more than anything else, which I found to be really good. Both of them did an excellent job playing off each other for commentary the entire night. They weren't stepping over each other like we do and edit out all the time. Right. <laughs> they were able to do it on the fly, and we're just awful at it. Nice. Uh, big shout out here to Title Match Network for the way that they kind of put this on on their website. I was worried that I would have to like pay for the subscription right away. Mm -hmm. And you actually get a two-week free subscription with them. It's long enough of a subscription to watch the show for Mission Pro Wrestling. And maybe some other stuff on there as well, too, to kind of pique your interest. Definitely check them out. TitleMatchNetwork.com I assume, too, that's probably why. This was a little weird thing. Because they announced a 15-minute intermission. And then, like, 15 minutes later, they were like, okay, five more minutes. And then, like, five more minutes later, they were like, okay, four more minutes. (laughs) And then they were like two minutes like it, it just it, it kept stretching out but i assume it was probably because they were they were plugging the announcers the card and the other stuff it was like i said it was just a little weird live because it was like okay they keep going they keep going our next singles match is big swole versus uh, it's late for me i'm sorry <laughs> you, you want me to cover that one for you yeah la rosa negra holy crap was big swole like i know i said about a couple people being over but I guess from her time on AEW, Big Swole, she could have literally just came out there and shit on a fan, and they still would have cheered her on. She was massively over, but... Can you not, can you not find a different way to describe that? <laughs> she could have came out and slapped the fan's mom? Okay. Okay. She could have come out and possibly slapped Mama Storm and still been over. Yeah, probably. Maybe? Yeah. Like no, she was... I, I, I'd boo her. I love Mama Storm. <laughs> you would, but everybody else would still cheer. <laughs> like, she was over. But the highlight of this match was La Rosa Negra. Um, you could definitely tell this match was designed to show any company ever that's passed on her that La Rosa Negra is a star. Everything she did was working the crowd. Every bit of everything was just great. She was great in the ring. She was great crowd reactions. Her chemistry with Big Swole was phenomenal, the way they played off of each other. It wasn't my kind of gimmick per se, but the amount of just sheer charisma and talent behind her, you still want to cheer her on, even though she's the hill and she makes you want her. She makes you want to hate her. And it definitely showed on the stream as well, too, because 
I a minor, minor, minor ding for 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 the show here on the streaming side. They only had one camera, right? And I know you saw the camera lady run back and she forth, running the everywhere, yeah, everywhere. However, whatever camera they had, we need to figure this out because there was no bouncing, there was no jarring of the screen or anything like that. It was smooth camera work from start to finish. I don't ever want to become a dish channel, but Fed, take notice. Also, another one here for you, by the way, because I know how it always blows your mind when Tam and Starlight do their little stretches pre-matches. There's a clip that I sent on there of basically Rosa Negra just lifting her leg and putting it above her head. Just cause. Yes, I saw that, and it made yeah. me cringe. Yeah, like, how do you do this? Not in my, never. Kudos, kudos. I think they definitely made the right call on the match. Big Swole wins, of course. Um, at the moment, she's the biggest star. But they also made a star out of La Rosa Negra in this match, as far as I'm concerned. I want to say that this was one of the longest matches on the night, too. It was definitely, at this point in time, it's also the match of the night. I, I'd go with that. Yeah, at this point in time, the match of the night. I think we have three matches left at this point. I know we yeah. have Elena Black versus Rachel Rose next. Yes. This one is the only weird match for me. I, I didn't understand it. Like, the, not the match itself, but Elaine, or sorry, Rachel Rose came out first, and she had a kind of, you're all losers, I'm better than you gimmick, which was eh. But she kind of was dressed in, like, Captain Marvel gear. The kids still wanted to cheer, even though she was calling everybody a loser. And then she's clearly the heel, but then Elena Black came out, and she had, like, a coffin with a picture of Rachel in it, and they called her the Sorceress of Sin, and I'm like, wait, she's the face? How? How very gangrel of her. Right? And then, well, on top of that, too, like, they call her the Sorceress of Sin, but she didn't, she just looked like a wrestler. Like, she didn't seem evil to me, which, I mean, she's the face, so I guess she shouldn't seem evil. But if you're the Sorceress of Sin, you should be evil, Right. But I will say this, and this is something I picked up on on the Twatter the other day. I was going through a couple of feeds, trying to catch up on some stardom, current stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've come to notice that wrestlers don't really look like wrestlers for the most part anymore. No, but she did look like a wrestler. She just didn't look like... Well, no, that's a, this was a compliment to Misha Pro. Oh. I, I, I'm getting there. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I agree, I'd agree with that statement. However, in this character... In this instance, I would have gone with something different to set her apart. Yeah, I, I will say that every wrestler on the show mm. looked like a wrestler. I know I've talked to you about this offline. Everybody had a completely different gimmick. None of these gimmicks, even if you've seen that gimmick before, they weren't worked in the same way. So everybody seemed fresh. Everybody seemed different. Props to all of these women for showing us something different. <clears throat> Fed, take note. <laughs> everybody take note, not just Fed. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd agree with that right now. Yeah, be different for Fed. I actually have characters for some other companies. Or a gimmick, not a character. Have a gimmick for other companies. So how'd the match go? This was the only match to where I would say it wasn't bad. The two just didn't seem to have chemistry. It just, it was an okay match. The crowd didn't seem as into it as they were some of the other matches. Like I said, it wasn't that either was a bad wrestler. They just didn't seem to gel very well together. I think this is the first time we're going to have to disagree because the stream actually did this match pretty good. Oh, okay, cool. It, I think. Right, no, go ahead. 
I think the camera was at the right place at the right time during the whole match. Uh, and that goes a long way. In acting, there's two different acting. There's the up close, because you're going to have a camera in your face, subtle stuff. And then there's the over-the-top theatrical stuff. It's quite possible that this, because like I said, I haven't seen the stream. This would be one of those ones where they were doing great stuff up close, which I'm assuming since you said it looked good on stream, as opposed to in real life, it just kind of didn't, it needed more theatricality as opposed to subtle. If I ever get to meet her, I hope Thunder Rosa doesn't beat my ass for what I'm about to say next. Okay. I think Matt and I can agree. We have one of our new favorite wrestlers in the next match. Oh, 100%. 100%. And she and this lady could easily twist us up like pretzels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I stood next to her. I was very terrified. Jenna Van Muscles, if you're listening, you have won us over. We're fans for life. You are stuck with us rednecks from now on. Right. And she took on Roxy. This, again... One of my few complaints is Jenna Van Muscles debuted the new character, Genocide. And we know this because the announcers told us this. Props for letting us know, but I would have just announced her as Genocide and had this monster come out. Because she looked freaking impressive. They put her up against the right opponent in Roxy, who came up to about her chest height. And just, she looked phenomenal in comparison. And not taken away from Roxy. She just looked like we were about to see a mugging. There was an awesome picture that you took with one of your potatoes. Thank you. That showed uh, Miss Jenna in the ring just towering over uh, Roxy. Roxy and the ref. <laughs> yeah, no, I posted that one like as it happened because it was just like I said, it was such a cool visual. And even immediately started getting responses on Twitter because people were like, holy shit, is she really that big? I enjoyed the whole the whole appearance. The 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 makeup looked cool. She had a cool entrance. Kudos to everybody. My only downside on this match is Roxy is a bit more known and is has a bit of a following on the indie scenes. So they maybe gave her a little too much in this match. I would have almost maybe had Genocide just squash her. But I think that's nitpicking on my part. Miss Jenna easily walked all over her in this match, too. Mm -hmm. I think aside from the squash that we both wanted in this match, mm -hmm. this definitely went the way it should have. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is just I'm, I'm going to go off on a soapbox for a moment real quick, too. I, I noticed a lot of people on Twitter saying, hey, Fed, sign her. Hey, AEW, sign her. Don't. That should not be the, the level of success anymore. Like, if y'all want to give her that kind of money, yes. But this character, Genocide, should be one of those territory characters that travels around and is just a attraction. Like, you want to see her in person. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to see her get signed by an AEW or a Fed and just show up and be awesome one week and then just become another person. She needs to continue to do, and not, I'm not saying indies, but she needs to continue to be able to go anywhere and everywhere. And I think... Definitely recently, Thunder Rosa shows us that that's possible. You can wrestle all over the country, still be well-known, still make a good enough living to do it. She needs to be one of those type wrestlers. And she uh, she lives up to her original gimmick's name because she is jacked. So yeah, yeah. follow her on Instagram. That's what we follow her on, right? I th no, we follow her on a twatter. 
Twatter too, but like she's constantly posting the gem stuff on Instagram and damn. And like I said, I met her after the show. Really nice. And like I said, but all just she would she would hurt me if she wanted to, and there was nothing I could do about it. Could you imagine her in stardom? I I no. I don't want to. <laughs> she would murder them. She she's what she's what Gonzalez should have been. Boo. <laughs> it's coming one day. I'm just prepping you. A title match that I wish I could be there for, and maybe one day soon. They just announced it today. Hell, or is it Tournament Out of Hell? I bet you'd be able to find out more verifiable information on their Twitter at Mission Pro Rest. Uh, link link below. <laughs> yeah. Also on their website, MissionProWrestling.net. Link also below. That was easier for me to say and spell. Right. <laughs> Also, you should definitely be following these guys on social media. Uh, me and him have also talked about this offline. Their social media team is on point. For the next two, for the two days following Mission Pro Res, even up to now still, everybody that tagged them in photos, everybody that tagged them in reviews, everybody that was shout out to Mission Pro Res, they were retweeting like crazy. They were showing mad love to their fans. Um, this is a company that does care about their fans. So it's time for our main event of the night and the National Wrestling Alliance Women's World Champion, Thunder Rosa, for which I am very jealous of Matt for. He actually got to be in attendance for this. And one day I will be in my tuxedo for an NWA championship match. Dude, it was within a foot of me. The belt was right there. I could have stole it. I wouldn't have because she would hurt me, but I could have. She'd have beat your ass. <laughs> yes, she would have. But it would have been like that moment of, uh, you remember the terrible movie Ready to Rumble where they're like, they get so excited because he beats them up? That would be me. Thunder Rosa would be beating my ass and I'd just be like, this is the greatest day of my life. Me sitting over here, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Watching it live on the stream. <laughs> mm -hmm. We have Thunder Rosa versus Lindsay Snow. Up until this point, Big Swole and Rosa Negro was the best match of the card. Thunder Rosa and Lindsay Snow, again, they could have came out and slapped Tim Storm's mom. It would have been the best show of the match because this crowd was eating up anything Thunder Rosa said and did. And that's not giving her like leeway saying she did bad because she did phenomenal in everything she did. She lived up to their hype. She lived up to their expectations. And then Lindsay Snow, what an amazing heel she comes out, she's tattooed, she's pierced, she looks just evil, and she's coming out. So you're like, you know, even the rock crowd might go, oh, I can get behind that. But then, like, relax, my Frankie goes to Hollywood is her theme music, and you're like, what the hell? So she's just, like, trolling everybody. Phenomenal heel. The chemistry between the two was phenomenal. Crowd work from both. The heel was on point, yelling at the audience. The baby face was totally thriving off the crowd both of these ladies did phenomenal it was definitely the longest match of the night and rightfully so it was the main event for the nwa women's championship yeah don't want to spoil it but i think it's already been spoilt on the interwebs yeah if you don't know you should know i will say that Lindsay snow probably has more tattoos than you definitely she's got more tattoos on her upper body than i have on my entire body and i have a lot of tattoos you think she rivals Taker? Uh, I think she's a tattoo artist, so I would say probably beats Taker. Ah, okay, that explains a lot. 
complaint about the the women's championship match was I think both of them kicked out of each other's finisher at one point, or at least they kicked out of moves that are done as finishing moves by other people. Like I know we saw a muscle buster, which I think she calls a kaiju buster or something from Lindsay Snow, and I think a go to sleep from Thunder Rosa maybe. And that was just a little bit of a don't do that. Like everything else, phenomenal. And then the match finished, and Thunder Rosa immediately pulled all the women back into the ring to give them the props that they so deserved. And Lindsay Snow then made a point to make sure Thunder Rosa also got some of those props. So here's me giving more props to both of those ladies for putting everybody else over, even though they just had this huge moment. Yeah, that was on the stream as well, too. Uh, The stream itself went an hour and nearly 57 minutes. I'm okay with the, you know, we did a great job. This was an excellent uh, Mm -hmm. uh, first event that we had as a promotion. Yeah, I'm like that, too. Faces, heels, stay apart. I I understand, and normally I 100% agree with you. But this was, as they pointed out, the first ever completely all-women-ran show. So it's historical. Like, as long as they don't keep doing it going forward, great. But this one of, I'm, it, it didn't bother me at all. I'd have been even better with it if everybody had done what they did here. Mm. And then they had realized, oh, wait, there's faces and heels in the ring and started a brawl. Right, or maybe like Paul Marks <laughs> Under Rosa to be the next challenger or something. And then just end the show on the brawl. That'd have been neat. It was a very well-paced show. They had minimal crew. But the crew they did have did an excellent job for putting everything together. I don't want to say it was spur of the moment because they've had this planned out for a minute. Yeah. I will tell you that if had it been Matt and I running the show, it would have been way more chaotic. It would have been terrible. (laughs) Nobody would have showed up. I mean, you've seen my pictures. (laughs) It would have been bad. I wish you could see how we edit the show sometimes. (laughs) Right? I don't know what I'm doing. We need to do an unedited live stream once just to show them how how much you actually have to do. (laughs) Why, God, why? (laughs) So overall, what would you say were your what what are your thoughts on the show? I'm ready to move forward with Mission Pro Wrestling, and I'm very happy that Texas has another promotion that we can rely on. It seems like for the next foreseeable future. Mm hmm. And it tickles me pink to know that we have Lone Stardom Wrestling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't seen the stream, but live, everything, like I said, and the crowd helped make it as well. The crowd was way into everything that happened. While every match is not my favorite match I've ever seen, I, I'll be damned if every woman didn't give it their 100%. Every single one of them busted their asses to put on the best possible show. The whole experience, kudos to the, to the I forget the name of the place, the arcade place where it was held. Pinball's uh, Kingdom. There you go, Pinball, Pinball's Kingdom. Like, kudos to everybody. And again, just to put over Thunder Rose a little bit more, after the show was over, she did a little bit of signing and did stuff, but then she was moving chairs and breaking down rings, and like, this woman put everything into the show. And thank you. I, you'll probably never hear this, but if you do, thank you for everything you did. Um, and thanks to everybody that was a part of the show. It was it was an awesome live experience in a time when people need awesome live experiences. 
And as far as we know, nobody caught the plague. Uh, yeah, which is another plus. Yeah. So uh, there you go. I will say that their next show is on November 6th. It starts at 7.30 p.m. Central Texas time. We don't really know what the card is yet, but I'm looking at the tickets right now. General admission, $20. Kids, 12 and under, $10. VIP tickets, I'm ordering now. <laughs> the VIP is worth it. I was going to ask, what, how, what did you think of the VIP experience versus just going to a regular show like we do sometimes? Well, like you said, it was what? It's 20 bucks to get in, right? 24 general admission, yeah. And it was how much for VIP? Uh, for this show, it was 50 I want to say. So for the extra 30 bucks, we got a hat, we got the little meet and greet, we got a poster signed by everybody that was there, including the ring announcer, we got the bumper sticker, or the, the, the car sticker, early admission, so we got to skip a little bit, there was a line when we got there, so that was great. Um, I'd definitely say it's worth that extra 30 bucks, definitely spend it on them, give, give them your money. So Matt, do you think you'll be going to the next show? Uh, yes. You sound confused. Well, you know, car issues, but yes. Um, but good news for you, Matt, because you will be going with Dr. My Wife. Oh, there we go. Then yes, I will definitely be there in front row again. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I definitely will be going in the future. Like, I'd like to go to all of them. I will definitely be checking them out on Title Match Wrestling every chance I get if I don't get to go to the show. And I, I, I definitely feel like these women have earned our money for at least the foreseeable future. I think we're definitely going to have to split episodes. So let's go ahead and end this episode with our ever favorite Waldo. What's your match of the night? I'm really kind of scared to say, because I feel like if I ever meet her in person, she'd beat my ass. It's okay. You can do this. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> but my match of the night was actually uh, genocide versus Roxy. It was a good match. And I think it was mainly because it's been a long time since we've seen a match stateside where there was a definitive face, definitive heel, and just all-out power in the match, too. Yeah, and you're building a new character. I can see that. I can 100% get behind that. I'm not going to, though, because for me, I mean, come on. It's the NWA Women's World Championship. I got to see it live. Thunder Rosa and Lindsay Snow, they killed it. Like, they totally uh, brought it. Just everything about that, I have to give it to them. They edged it out, which is a little weird for us. I would have thought it would have gone the other way. And that leads us to the final closing, Heel of the Night. I'm going to actually, for the first time ever, give it to two people for two different reasons. Uh, genocide for complete character work. Sorry, I had a Dr. Brian flip me off. But I think Lindsay Snow also brought in a great character, great crowd work. So for me, I'm giving it to Genocide and Lindsay Snow. Heel of the night, all the way in Texas, 6,718.54 miles away from Osaka, Japan. Damn you, Osaki. <laughs> you just won't say, leave us alone on the twatter. What did she do on twatter? She betrayed us, Matt. She continues to taunt and betray us. <laughs> That's it. No other reason. <laughs> Fair enough. So I think that, that draws a close to this mini review of Mission Pro Wrestling that turned into a bit of a longer review. I'm sorry to Vance because this will probably be the only episode that drops on the ninth. I will come up right behind it with the next Stardom episode. And for any of you new listeners out there, by chance, we do review Stardom. 
starting in 2018. And our next episode will cover the end of the year climax show on December 24th, 2018 at Cora Curran Hall. You can always catch all of our episodes on the YouTube at youtube.com slash face for wrestling. You can catch us on all the social media places. Uh, Twatter, right? Yeah. At face for wrestling. At face for wrestling. The number we're four. All, and we're also on the Facebook. At face yep. for wrestling? No, just face for wrestling, right? Face for wrestling. We yeah. are terrible at social media. Oh, yeah. We have an Instagram too, but don't follow us there. We don't really do anything yet. We don't know how to work it. <laughs> it's just a thing. There was some other place that we're on to. Oh, yeah, we're on the SoundCloud and iTunes. Yeah, you can check us out there, too. We prefer the YouTubes because we can get your comments and respond to them. Don't forget to stutter kick the subscribe button here on the YouTube. And as always, well, I guess now you can check out MissionProWrestling.net and Stardom-World.com. Definitely give them both a look and keep giving them looks. I'm Waldo. I'm the Matt. Don't forget, everyone is different, and everyone is good. <laughs>